0: Today we have a very interesting person. He's a former military guy and he's going to talk about transitioning from military life to civilian life. In addition, we're going to talk about billions of universes where maybe we've had alien interactions. Stay tuned. Hey, big dog. How you doing? Okay.
1: Okay. Just keep it busy. You
0: thanks, too. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on. How many times have you been on my, on the podcast? Oh my God. I don't know. Too many,
1: right? <laughs> you know, maybe people getting kind of bored with me. Maybe. No,
0: I, I don't think so. I don't care. I don't, I'm not getting bored. And that's the right. most important thing. You understand what I'm saying? I can't, I, this is easier from than me coming, driving 200 miles. Yeah, airline, exactly. Airline traffic. So you know what? What the hell? This is a conversation between you and I. And if it happens to interest other people, fantastic. Otherwise, right. wel- welcome back once again. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, all
1: honor and joy to be here.
0: Hey, you know what? You're the, we just have, um, we've just changed our set. So the next time that you see this, it's going to be a different um, inter- introduction so uh, you're like, I think, a second or third person that's uh, come on to the new set.
1: Wow, I see.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, Tom, every time I've had you on, you're a very interesting person because you're worldly, and, you know, we talk about a lot of stuff. Yes. The, fir- the first thing that I want to talk about is I know recently that you just got yourself a new penis extension, and I don't know if you know what I'm referring, but by the look on your face it doesn't look like you know what the hell i'm where i'm going with this thing <laughs> no okay you just got yourself and you told me this a corvette oh yes okay so those there's a, i'm sure there's a group of people how old are you now tom i'm gonna to be a critic by the way uh i'm playing devil's advocate not a critic devil's okay. advocate how old, devil's- how, how old are you and don't lie how old am i now yeah don't lie <laughs>
1: uh 73.
0: Seventy three. Now, now there's a group of people out there are gonna say that car that you're driving is a penis extension. I mean yes. why did what did, yes. And why did you get a Corvette? I mean, I'm envious, I will tell you that right now, but what did you what does what made you decide to get a
1: Corvette? Okay, well, a couple of things. You know, I mean, uh my kids are growing up, I'm single now, not serious with anybody, and it makes a, a much better girlfriend. Doesn't argue, <laughs> doesn't debate, it just you just gotta feed it, you know. <laughs> and I figured, you know, the last few years of my life, I'd like to have something I enjoy, you know.
0: Do you know something that I don't are you not telling us something about the last few years? You said few years. How in the hell do you think it's gonna be? I mean, we don't know when we're gonna uh pass on. Yes, but, I know. But you seem to be uh pretty uh vital and virile and all that good shit. Uh but I know the point that you're making. You're thinking, what the hell? Why not, right? Yes, exactly. You know? Hey, seriously, how how much do you enjoy driving that bitch?
1: Oh, I, I love it. You know, <laughs> it just uh it makes driving a real joy, you know. Yeah.
0: Do you think you're gonna ever get tired of it? Yeah. Then what? Plane? Retire? What are you gonna do, you gonna do next? I mean, once you get tired of this girlfriend, what are you gonna do next? <laughs> I
1: don't know. She's uh She's pretty nice. You know, and, it goes anywhere. I would like to go. You, you just got to feed her, you
0: know, <laughs> especially now with the gas away.
1: It is. You got to oh feed her a lot. Huh? Yeah. Right. That'd I make mean, it challenging.
0: You yeah. can't, you can't possibly worry about driving, you know, 35 or 40 miles an hour because that defeats the whole purpose. Yes. I, I did a, um, I rented a Ferrari one time Yeah, with my, um, uh, my partner, we celebrated a a hit that we had with one of our products, so we decided to go rent this damn thing. I got to tell you something, Tom. To this day, it's the best thousand dollars I've ever spent for twenty four hours. It was amazing, unbelievable. It is so and much the, fun. And the thing about it is, I'm assuming with the Corvette the same way. The guy told us in the uh, that that took us around the parking lot. He he gave us this demo that was scary as hell. I mean, you get in a car and he just floored it like around the block. Yeah. And we came back around, you know, you're, you're constantly, uh, your head's up against the the back. because Oh he yeah. Was going. Yeah. And I mean, he, he, he gets around and he parks it and he said, that's the way you drive this. You, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the way you drive this because the harder that you drive it, the better that it performs because of the, the ground effects that it has. Yes. Does it your, does
1: your Corvette have, have some of that, that
0: profile, the ground effects.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's a 460 horse, 427 engine, and C7, and it's seven manual shift, but seven speeds. So you can't even get out of town out of fourth gear. You got to get on a freeway, you know?
0: Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and it's so fast. Oh, my God. You step on a gas, and it's like being an F-16. It just, you feel the Gs just pushes you back. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that car, that Ferrari was just—it blew my mind. You know, do you I get know. do you get people rolling up alongside you that they want to race?
1: Yeah, there's a few, but you know, just ignore most of them. You know, I mean, why? Well, I know the uh, the
0: thing. The reason I'm asking you because there were so many when we were in that Ferrari, so many people came up on our side. You know, yeah. beside us, and they wanted to race. I know. I know. How could, and we couldn't turn them down, and we blew them all away. Yes. You know, and it's like, you know, when you're going 110 miles an hour on the freeway that you shouldn't be doing that, but you know, you're saying, fuck it at the time. I I know. I want to go 120 because it feels like I'm going 60.
1: Yeah, I know. You go (laughs) 120 and it feels like you're going 65. It's unbelievable, isn't it? So fast. Yeah.
0: Another good experience that I have with my car. I don't know if you've had that experience is we stopped off to get gasoline because we were just the only time we got out of the car was to have lunch or put gas in the car, right? And so we pull up to this gas station. About that time another car had pulled up and they were there's two guys and a girl in the car. They were they were pulling up to use the restroom of that gas station that we were at. Right. That that girl saw our Ferrari and we could hear him and she flat out said I don't want to be with you guys anymore. I want to be with them. <laughs> wow, I powerful!
1: I know. Who needs Maybe. good? Who needs good looks? Exactly. And now I understand. Yes, you know. They love that, but the only thing it attracts more materialistic women. You know. Are there such a thing
0: as a materialistic woman? <laughs> I did. I've, I've heard theories about it. <laughs> theories. Well, uh, anyway, listen. I'm really happy for you. You know, you've. Uh, I know you've earned it. You've done a lot of stuff in your life, and this is just going to be another experience that you'll never forget. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it's it'll be great. And and it's. I had no intentions of getting it, but you know, I have a good friend of mine as a connection, many de- dealerships, and it was right there when I pulled up to have my my other car had some work on it. And he said, hey, well, let's see how far you get. And all these barriers just kept falling down, yeah. and it worked out. It's just amazing, like a destiny almost. You know,
0: you know, I, I'm not that, that kind of person that believes in stuff like that necessarily, but yet stuff has done that to me where it's kind of all these weird coincidences and, you know, it's stuff that all of a sudden where the barrier was before it's no longer there. It's there, but it gets wiped out for whatever reason. And that's kind of sounds like what you're talking about.
1: Yes, exactly. You know? And it
0: is, it is
1: in that case, almost meant to be. I know. It was just, I had no intentions. It's just everything worked out just perfectly. I couldn't yeah. believe it, you know? Yeah. Do you look forward to getting up in the morning to start that baby? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to Do- just get in it. and You know, it's got adjustment. On it, where you can, uh, there's a, a dial on a console. You can put track. You can put uh, economy, which gets better mileage, yeah. and you can put sport, and it changes the sound of the muffler. Is that right? Yeah, it's just amazing. So, like, with in
0: your best selection like the economy so are you now getting like four and a half miles an hour uh g- miles to the gallon compared to your sport where you're getting like one
1: one and a half you know it's What's not the difference? that difference difference but <laughs> i noticed <laughs> subtle things like you keep it whatever gear you're in between yeah. 12 and 1500 rpms yeah and that's very efficient and uh and it gets you know, on a on a highway, it still gets over 20 some miles to the really? galley, 20, no. 21, 24. Really? But then in the city, you know, more, uh, 15 to 18. In that's still city. good. That, that's still really good. Yeah. A high
0: performance car. What's that? I said, that's still really good for a high performance car like
1: that. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. You know, they, it's, uh, not a brand new one. The new ones are like 125,000 The, the mid engine one, but, uh, you know, anything after 215, the engines are so efficient, so uh, economical nowadays. You know, I mean, yeah. look at the V6s. they were just as powerful as the V8s in the old days, you know? Yeah.
0: You know, it's kind of funny when I was driving that, that Ferrari. It's like this car, I don't know how much that car cost at the time. This has probably been around, I mean, close to 30 years ago when we did yeah. this. But I think it was it had to be over a hundred thousand. But I just found it really interesting that a car over hundred thousand didn't have much leg room, didn't have much headroom, and the, the radio was shitty. But yeah. it was like the best ride, best ride of my life. <laughs> it it, everything else makes up for it. You know? It really does. Anyway, I wanted to talk about that before we get on to the. Oh, no, uh, thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, I always have been fascinated when you've come on. You've talked about UFOs. Yes. And I want to go ahead. There's been a lot of stuff that seems like that's happened since you and I had the conversation on our last podcast. So, tell me what's going on with the, the UFOs and what kind of uh, what kind of uh, revelations have there been since
1: then? Since we okay. talked last. Okay, number one, last year, a bunch of people like sued the government through the Information of Secret uh, Information Act. So the Pentagon Pentagon had to release all their records on the jet pilots who had sightings who you know, anything that happened. So, God, there's been thousands of reports they released. They had to, you know, make it available to the public, number one. And you probably know just a few weeks ago, even Congress had a meeting specifically about UFOs and what's happening with them and what they're going to do and all that stuff. And, you know, the problem, they're taking it more like a threat. The first thing is defense. Oh, you know, which is probably a good idea just to be aware of that, you know, Mm -hmm. an attack that way. But, you know, they've been around for oh, thousands and thousands of years and integrated with human societies, ancient civilizations, everything for thousands of years, you know. So, I mean, the public and the government, everything's becoming much more open about it now. And, you know, I think there's a reason because, you know, look at the the, the war in the Ukraine and Russia and all these things coming to a peak in the world, and that concerns the them, extraterrestrials too, because it affects the solar system, the magnetic field affects part of the universe, what happens over here, for one. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. When
0: our, our astronauts are going up into space, I mean, is that where the terrestrial, you call them terrestrials or extraterrestrials? So, what's the proper term?
1: Uh, extraterrestrial.
0: Extraterrestrial. Is that where they reside?
1: Is that where they live? Is up in space? Yeah, mo- like that? most of them. But there's theories that there's some that live in the Earth. And even like there's been so many sightings in Antarctica. You know, yeah. I mean so many UFO sightings from ships and going into the ocean and out. And that, that you know, they could have a number of UFO hidden bases yeah. you know, where they reside over here. And, you know, they, there's a lot of theories. What they're doing is uh, using certain minerals here that we have uh, even uh, experimenting with, with uh, hybrids and cloning and genes and chromosomes, all that kind of stuff too, you know, so, I mean, there's theories that there's over like 36 different species of aliens coming here.
0: So let me ask you this. is this kind of like the uh, the God effect? you know, I'm again, I'm really neutral about all this stuff, but I'm just asking the question, why is it that they've been around so long? And why is it that it's their' sightings? but it doesn't seem unless I've I mean, I'm not in tune with all this very much, but, why isn't there any concrete evidence and that we see these... Are these a human... the Extraterrestrial? Is that a human being? Or what is it exactly?
1: Well, you know, like even Carl Sagan said, there's billions of universes, billions of galaxies. Not millions, but billions, you know? And... How can we not fathom there's any other type of life form and whatever form they are? I mean, we don't really know. I mean, they've been de- depicted like the greys, the ones you see in movies mostly.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, then some have been, uh, you know, reptilian ones, you know, that look like a reptile. Or and then some could be shape shifters, you know, and they can change their shape. And some have been, it looked like even octopuses and the ones in the ocean. I mean, there's been every form, but I mean, look at you, we look at whales and dolphins, how intelligent they are. And there's theories that their souls came from a different universe here too. So, I mean, as far as proof, I think there's tons of information proof, but you know, like, any person you'd have to get into it and see all the information, all the reports from credible jet pilots and, and, uh, you know, and highly intelligent people. There's more than enough proof. And from my, but you know, it's just you have to study that like anything else. Anybody that doesn't know anything about bodybuilding and they think, oh, that won't build muscle, that won't do this, that'll hurt you, whatever. They have all these misconceptions about everything because they have a limited knowledge about the topic. You know, if you get in and you study any topic like spirits, ghosts, uh, UFOs, Bigfoot, I mean, there's so much information there. You know, it's just overwhelmed. And I had a friend of mine ask me, well, why don't they just land on the White House lawn, you know, and present themselves? I mean, what for? What I mean, do, do they even care? What what advantage is that going to do, you know? Yeah. Now this, the, this portrayal of
0: them, and maybe this is just for the movies, but this portrayal that they're like in saucers of some kind, is that just for the movies or is that actual?
1: Because, par- partially this- true. Some are more disc and some are triangular. Some look like a long cigar. There's every different shape possible. Because their propulsion system doesn't really matter on aerodynamics through the air. Because somehow they have some kind of an anti-gravity machine where they can pop in the universe and pop out through regulating the protons or something somehow. And they can just disappear. It's just not like they accelerate from zero to 5,000. It's like they just, boom, just disappear and go to another dimension or something or use a wormhole or or some kind of vortex you know the technology is just they could be thousands of years ahead of us technologically
0: yeah the um that's interesting you know it's just it's hard to wrap my mind around that you know what i mean it's so out there yeah that it's just very difficult to you know what kind of language do they speak? And when these pilots are seeing something, what is it exactly that they're seeing? Is it somebody rolling up alongside them and like, you know, hey, what's going on, buddy? And then poof, they're gone, or what? What 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 are pilots claiming that they're seeing as a
1: sighting? You know, uh, number one, far as uh, communicating, most of the people that uh, have, high, have sightings and stuff thing, they communicate more telepathically. You know, mm-hmm. and they just get thoughts in their head what the alien is saying, or asking, or or intentions are. You know, and you know it, it's interesting. Like what I studied, aliens are almost like human beings. There's like low level ones, very uh, uh, vicious ones, and there's very high level ones, like more angelic too. Mm-hmm. Just like different races, different personalities, different people or different mentalities. I mean, I, I noticed that with aliens themselves, you know, because like these, these greys, they're more like uh, the ones they depict in film. They're more like insects. They have a command force, like some control command force is controlling them. And they're more like robots and not don't have too much feelings and stuff, you know, from different reports. Then you get these reptilian ones. That have been around for years. They're supposed to be very vicious and very, very negative, you know. And uh, but so, and then there's another type called Andromedans. They're more like angels overseeing the planet, and and like uh, high level spirits and entities, you know. So it's it's all depends what their mentality and their personal purpose is. But have any human beings encountered them in
0: a way like what you're saying? The you, you have some of these that are considered vicious. Have there been any encounters with somebody being attacked by one of these or the extraterrestrial or the alien defending themselves? Has there been anything like that that anybody's talked about
1: or hadn't encountered? Well, for example, there have been so many books on abductions. I mean there's been not just hundreds thousands of abductions of humans you know and some have been more positive a lot have been negative and you know the other thing when you have an encounter with the ufo or whatever it's uh you know they have the it's almost like they're robots they have their mission and their purpose they don't care about us at all up to a certain point so they they want to complete their mission. And a lot of things around UFOs that are, uh, there's a lot of radiation. So you've got to be very careful so they don't get infected that way, you know, on the counter. And then there's been, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, attacks from these rep- uh, reptilians, supposedly. And But, you know, a lot of that stuff with the attacks, they can't really prove it. Because look, we have a 100,000 people disappear every year in all the state parks and forests and another hundred thousand that disappear from the cities you know so many people every year are disappearing you know and nobody knows what the hell happens to them you know so why is it that the if that's the case if
0: they're abducting people why are they doing that if they don't really care about us why are they bothering are they doing that because they want to study
1: uh, human nature, or what is that? Do you think? Yes, I think so. See, here's another theory: is that they're more like programmed in a way, and even though they have this high technology, but in a way, they don't have the the spiritual consciousness like we do. Because you think about it, like technology has not that much to do with spiritual consciousness. You know, mm-hmm. God. So I've heard a theory that they're studying us. What is that for one?
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, the other thing, Leo, there's even theories like that we were created by aliens in the first place. And that's why they monitor us the whole time. There's a theory that they created dinosaurs I'm, in, I'm saying theories, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then they got like the asteroid that killed all the dinosaurs, what, 65 million years ago, right? Yeah. There's a theory that it just wasn't by chance that the aliens did that on purpose. They got tired of that, and they're too vicious and too radical, and they just wiped them out. Yeah. And, you know, from my studies, everybody thinks we go back uh, ancient Egypt or Greece or something, you know, 5,000, 10,000 years. I mean, there's so many ruins around the planet that are 12, 13,000 years old. And then, there, you know, there's evidence there was a huge flood, a global cataclysm, a huge flood. And then there was, a, you know, like stories of Lemuria, Oceanus, and uh, uh, Atlantis and stuff. There's theories that our civilization through hundreds of thousands of years has built up. And been destroyed and built up and destroyed and many, many times, not yeah. just recent history. Yeah. And I just try to keep my mind open to that, you know? Yeah.
0: I have, I, you know, some philosophy I've gotten into that, and they talk about what were rivers are now, are they evolve into mountains and kind of it goes like that. That's, you know, you hear different philosophies about that. Is that kind of what you're talking about right now? Yes,
1: exactly. I mean, for example, you know, they can't prove it yet. But they say, you know, all these different theories where Atlantis was, right? In, in the Mediterranean, in the Atlantic, this and that, and uh Plato's beyond the uh, Straits of uh Gibraltar and stuff like but uh they found a place, it's called the Eye of the Sahara in uh northwestern Africa. And you think about it with platonic drift and the oceans through thousands of years have risen and then Lowered, risen, lowered all the time. Yeah, and supposedly there's the rings, like the channels, in this eye of the Sahara, that was more covered with ocean. You know, West Africa originally for thousands of years, and then some uh, flood or global cataclysm covered it up and wiped it out. And there's other things they find uh, a lot of these. There's stories of these blue. Almost like turquoise rocks that was close to Atlanta, and they had an abundance of elephants. And In that same area in Sahara, they found thousands of elephant bones out in the desert, buried in the sand. And uh, you know, and then when they take pictures of it a satellite, it looks like those rings and channels exactly. What's the impression from the satellite photos that it was there? You know. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Have, like, uh, have you have you thought about the
0: idea that it's possible that we have actually, and we don't know it, that we've actually been next to an alien? I mean, is that, it that seems to me that oh yeah, anything, anything's I mean, there's
1: that there's a lot of them right with us, and there's hybrids. They've interbred with humans, and uh, I mean, I've heard human race has been interbred with different hybrids and the races and stuff like 33 times, you know, and our chromosomes aren't just human, you know, I mean, look look at one time, they say, a lot of uh, scientists say like, well, Cro-Magnon man evolved from Neanderthal man, Mm -hmm. but they existed. They finally nowadays, they existed at the same time. And they're two different species completely. Yeah, and why is it that Neanderthal man was built to survive? You know, they were powerful, strong. They were covered, you know, more hair, so they were built for the weather and so incredibly strong. It would be logical that they would survive and not die out, and Cro-Magnon man would be the one that would would die because no hair; they're not built for survival. Yeah. Something genetically changed in us, whether. It happened, you know, evolution, or they had something to do with it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I know our government. They, they, I was told one time by actually somebody that was in the military. They were in the special forces, and they said, you know, the government only tells us the things that we want or, want to hear or need to hear, but that's right. about it. You're kind of like we're on a need to know basis, you know. And like, and they, they even said they go, "You, you probably don't want to know everything that's going on in this uh, universe that we're in right now." Which is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of eerie a little bit, you it know. It is, it is. But uh, <laughs> how honest they are, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know I-, I just, uh, you know, I wanted to get into that side of it again because I know every time we've come on, you you keep talking about that. And uh, why why do you think that there's so much hesitation for the I mean, the government wanted to share anything like this. Are, are they afraid that we're going to get spooked or something? Or what is it? Well,
1: think? I think a lot could be, you know, security-wise, too, because there's, you know, Area 51. There's theories that we have for, through the years, like nine different crashed UFOs, and we're re-engineering them, you know? I mean, there's theories that even uh, Hitler had a crashed UFO and had scientists studying it. And Russia has a few... I mean, a few countries have crashed UFOs. Sometimes uh, something happens, you know. Is it, the is,
0: it ta- is it these crashed uh, crashed
1: UFOs? Is it something tangible? Can they touch it? Yes, yes. I mean, look at if you go back to 1947, the Roswell incident in uh, New Mexico. There was a crashed UFO there and on his farmer's ranch. And he ran out to, he saw it and the neighbors came. And then of course the military came in, they picked the thing up on a a truck. And there was even some alien bodies. I think there there that four or five of them. And one survived a little bit, but it died a few days later. And there's a woman, a nurse who studied the alien and on her deathbed, she confessed that this really happened. And then you know, right after it happened, they put it out flying saucer, and all of a sudden they changed their story, and it was a weather balloon, hmm. you know. And then they try to cover everything up. And you know, if, for example, if uh, if Russia or some uh, China knows we have a crashed UFO and the engineering, they're going to have you know their spies are so integrated in our companies, corporations, everything want to get information on it you know but yeah. then you know there's it's funny Leo there's another theory that all these UFO movies that have happened that in a way our government is slowly wanting us to believe there are UFOs and accept it for some reason too I've heard that as well
0: hmm. interesting seems like there's so much unknown with all this I know it's it's really it's interesting and it's fascinating, but it's just, I don't know. It's just like anything else. It's like, you know, why don't you just show us who you are and let's have a conversation or something yeah. or a
1: discussion about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how we think logically, but they I mean, you know, they're so beyond us tech technologically. I try to answer that myself and try to think, what are they thinking? What is the, and then they don't really care to commit, They can do anything they want yeah. You know, I mean, look at, I mean, fighter jets have tried to shoot them before and outrun them. It's impossible. It's just, you know, their technology is just it's hard, it's hard thousands to, it's of years. Hard, it's trying. hard
0: to imagine that they're that far ahead, you know? Yeah, I know it. I, know. Whew. I mean, you know. It makes me just think of, you know, where does this all begin? And there's so many theories and so many it is. views yeah. on, on all that stuff, you know?
1: It's and then matter. another thing, why isn't we didn't go back to the moon? 1969, right? Yeah. There's theories that Buzz Aldrin, you know, and Armstrong and all stuff, they on the dark side of the moon, they saw UFO bases there, and they were they were warned not to come back here. I've and heard what, that too. Yeah, interesting. And why you know why would it, we're going to Mars, but why why wouldn't we set up something on the moon? Yeah, so, I would, so much yeah, closer.
0: Yeah, I would just think that you know, me not knowing anything, I'm thinking, well, maybe that's just uh, the the uh, ratio of <laughs> air to water to whatever yeah. isn't isn't uh, such like on Mars, but maybe it's because of what
1: you're saying. Yeah, and then you know another thing on Mars, there's been so many artifacts. You know, there's like a, a Sphinx there. There's pyramids. There's uh, uh, obelisks like in Egypt. There's so much stuff like there was a race there before and they have pictures of all that stuff, you know, like uh, it it was maybe totally popular, you know, popular at one time and popularized with some kind of human or humanoid or something. And then there were, you know, and then there's theories like with the asteroid belt with all the rocks that that was originally a planet. And there was a big war with these aliens and the planet blew up. And then another theory, you know, that those humanoids from Mars came to earth hundreds of thousands of years ago to survive. Now we're (laughs) we're trying to go back there.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And there's
1: a, a huge crater. It's a huge crater. It's like the grand Canyon, but it's like 10 times deeper and longer, I think it's like 4,000 miles long, you know, etched into the one part of Mars. And they don't know what did that. The only thing they could think was a like an electromagnetic bolt somehow just cut through this thing. Crazy. And it's I know, wild stuff.
0: Where is it that they're wanting to go explore to maybe people start living? Is it on Mars? Is that where they're... Exploring the
1: idea, yes, you know, and there's theories that with the rover over there, and they don't release a lot of stuff, but they've they've captured some uh, aliens over there, extraterrestrials too, or a craft or a, a base, all kinds of stuff, you know. So, hmm. I guess they're I guess releasing, I, I guess know,
0: I guess time will tell, huh? Yeah, you know, one of the one of the things that. This this is change, This is going to that that craft, the alien craft, and you remember you. I'm sure yeah. that you watched, even though you're um, you're younger than me. Believe it or not, I'm sure that you watched Fred Flintstones, yeah. <laughs> the Flint the Flintstones. You remember that Flintstones? Yeah. Where they were they had mm-hmm. those saucers that they were all flying around in? How close are we to that? Yeah. How close are we to having saucers flying around? Do you know? I mean, yeah. your your Corvette may seem really cool, but can you uh, imagine? Can you it's imagine? A UFO. Can you imagine if you are flying around in a saucer like the, the footstones were? Were they just ahead of their time or what?
1: No, way ahead. How, way close, ahead.
0: how close are we? Seriously, how close are we to being in a flying saucer? I mean, I've heard there's some, there's some technology out there where they're building that stuff. Yeah, they? we.
1: I have heard there's a guy, you've probably seen many interviews, this guy named Bob Lazar. And supposedly he was an engineer, scientist, quantum physicist that worked at Area 51. And he worked on UFOs that were crashed there. And he claims he saw we had a a UFO, I don't know, a a 35, 50-foot diameter one, that they were actually flying over there, that the Air Force figured out how to fly. And uh, so we could have our own UFOs. And, I mean, isn't it interesting, back in the 80s, you know, our technology going like this, back in the 80s with fiber optics and all that stuff, bam, everything just went skyrocketed with yeah. computers, phones, everything. Where, where did we get that from?
0: You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I hate to think, you know, I've seen so many people that are on roads that are bad drivers. I can't imagine people up in flying saucers flying around. I mean, how do you stay in what lane? You're just flying around willy nilly. Yeah. You know, how's that going to work for goodness yeah, sake? I mean, I
1: know.
0: it's insane. I, know. I mean, I, th- I think the idea of it kind of sounds kind of cool. It would be sure. it would be uh, maybe a better way to travel, but um, what kind of energy is it is it going to use? Is it going to be the like the battery, like Tesla? Is it going to be a battery like that or what?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know the the propulsion system. Scientists been trying to figure that out for years. But like I said, it has something to do, you know, with anti gravity, where they can figure out gravity doesn't affect them. And like G's don't affect them, the speed. Somehow they get in a void or, or pocket in the universe by changing their frequency vibration where there's no resistance from this dimension. And yeah. maybe they go in another dimension or how, however they do that. But you can see the way they fly and zigzag and all, all kinds of you know incredible things, which yeah. if you were human, that would kill you inside.
0: Right, right. I just i also I also kind of find it really interesting when I look up in the sky and I see like a group of ducks that are flying in in uh yeah. in the order and they're going so damn fast and I'm thinking how is it that they don't like have these emitter yeah uh, ups yeah you know, what kind of uh system do they have built in to where they can fly that damn fast Yes. and seem seamless what's that about I know, I know. <laughs> maybe they're aliens too exactly know yeah. How do they do that? No, seriously, how do they do that? How do they? How do they I have never in all my life, because I've seen a lot of these damn ducks that are flying east or west or north, whatever, and I've never seen a midair slip up.
1: I know. You
0: know and they they turn on never, the dime. They turn on the dime. How do they do that?
1: Yes. Hmm. And look, your fish are the same. When they go in thousands of school, of thousand fish, they move. How, how, do move they do do how do they do that? How do they do that? Maybe. I know, it's just somehow it follows <laughs> some electromagnetic that's weird path yeah it is
0: weird. anyway just, um I I want to also talk about this will probably be as we're sort of exiting out but uh, you know I've been watching a lot of um crime drama a lot of it you know I'm watching one one now called flashpoint it's on Netflix yeah and something that is just amazing to me that I just I wonder how you guys that have been in the military, and this obviously applies to people that come out of the military and they end up being in a in a special police unit, which is what I'm watching you know, on TV. I don't know how much of it is true, but I would imagine that a certain amount of it is when they're doing these movies, these episodes. But one of the things I, I wonder is uh, how in the world can you be in that line of work? That could be military, that could be, police work. How can you be in that line of work without literally going crazy at some point? Because the stuff that you see, yeah, you know, as uh, like I said, you've seen a lot of stuff, you know, and the stuff that you see, like, I mean, I'm watching this stuff on TV and I'm getting all choked up. I mean, yeah. especially, especially when there's kids involved, you know, type yes. of thing. And it's like, how, do, how can you possibly withstand that? emotionally can you really build up a a tolerance enough to where you can't possibly have problems after you leave a force like that i mean i guess
1: you can but how do you do that you know here's the secret what i found is that you know every religion has their major benefits and concept but zen the best thing they have is called non-attachment you know yeah and we can experience that at a very superficial level or major level, and like these top military guys and police guys, they're in a battle and combat zone so much, they have to just cut off and not be attached to that. You know, yeah. it's like if you're going to shoot somebody, you can't start thinking feelings, emotions. a person, this this person is trying to kill you, and you have to just eliminate him and not be attached to it. Yeah, mentally and file that, and it's how you f- we file that in our brain that experience. And I mean, think about this a little on the opposite extreme how some of these terrorists they can kill women and children, babies, and all that stuff, and then they go home to their own family like it's nothing and hold their kid and baby. You so know, ob-
0: obviously, they're doing exactly that.
1: Yeah, I mean, our, our brains have a our minds have a huge capacity, and but what we file and what we put in there, you know? And I mean, look at all these Vietnam vets that came back more infantry and they have all these problems of PTSD and all that stuff, you know? I mean, psychological problems because yeah. what, the, how they file that experience they have, what you do is you just, you can't file it. I mean, you get a top special forces team or a, a SEAL Team 6 commander and all that stuff. Boy, they, they can't let the emotions bother them at all, you know? Well, I mean, they come you, in, you've this even, is a mission, bump, 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 and they take care of it.
0: You've even mentioned a couple times in uh, us talking, and you also mentioned I think, in a podcast, that you actually feel more normal when there's bullets flying by your head. And when you said that, that one time you said that, I'm, yeah. and, I mean... Do you really? But I guess you have to all have you have to be when you're in that situation, uh, you know, obviously with a lot of reps, and I guess you have to get to that point where because otherwise, how can you possibly perform because you got shit flying around your head and flying around your body yeah. all the time?
1: Sure, exactly. You can't let it go to feelings, emotions, and and you know, I mean, 85% I mean, most people worry about 85% of things that never happened to them in the first place, right? right that's true. Well, so why worry about getting shot? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to do something stupid. You're going to keep covered, all that stuff, and do all the logical stuff to protect yourself and be so concerned about getting killed or getting shot before it even happens, you know? Yeah. It's and hard, that's it's, what it's, these it's, guys, they train themselves so well mentally. Yeah. You don't it's,
0: realize that, you know, how much training it goes into that.
1: Yeah, it is. And you have to be in those situations over and over and over again right. to keep your mind. And this all comes from uh samurai warriors, you know, yeah. where your mind is immovable. It doesn't move. It's like a rock solid, no matter what happens around us. Yeah. Nothing changes in our mind, you know, unless we let it change. There's yeah, a theory let- a saying from a samurai that says a real samurai will not die unless he's ready to die and accepts it.
0: Interesting. Now, what happens? I mean, you can speak from firsthand experience on this, I'm sure. So, how do you, obviously, the body, you know, what you're telling me, the way that I can relate to that in my world of bodybuilding is that the body becomes its function. And that's kind of what you're saying to, yeah. uh, to a degree. The body becomes its function. But what happens when you leave that environment that you've come from? You've been in this jungle environment or this military uh, military environment and you've got this file, okay, so you leave that environment. Now, does that never come back into your mind? You're living in a uh, a civilian lifestyle. That that transition's got to be horrifying, I would imagine. It is,
1: it is, because look at all the soldiers had so many problems with that, you know? But see, all that is a, a, a matter of mentality and levels of experience. Yeah. It's almost like you have to get beyond all of that so it doesn't plug in or you hear a, a car backfire and you freak out, you know, yeah. or whatever. Your yeah. mind has to be calm, taking in reality the situation you're in at the time, you know, and you don't want to reward doesn't want to overreact. You keep your mind very cool, calm, confident and collected, you know? Yeah. You know, it's very similar with you in bodybuilding too. You have to keep your mind just so focused and strong. Nothing affects your your set or reps or thing out of it except completing it, and, and it's like completing that mission. You know, and,
0: and I can relate to that in a sense because I get uh, it's almost it's like a trance like state that I get. Yes. In. And, a lot, and so many people don't really understand that, you know, that are, no. that are around you. You know, in fact, their response with, with me sometimes is, why, are you, why are you, do you take it so serious? And why are you like that? You know? And yeah. it's like, well, it, to me, it's kind of like it's I'm waging war upon myself. Because when I go into the gym, yes. I'm putting myself in pain. And so it's it's not exactly what you're talking about. But it's similar as yeah. far as where you go with your mind. You get in a, a trance-like Nothing can break that trance. But so what happens then when you come home, you know, from where you've been, do you have to now slowly transition your mental state to a a different state or because how does the stuff that you've, (laughs) even though you've put yourself in this trance-like mindset, that at some point when you're not in that that environment anymore – What keeps all this from coming back and haunting you, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Well, see, that's the key. Like you said, if you keep yourself in that state, like you're still in combat or a a crisis, you know, life and death situation, that's not going to work when you come back to society. You have to have that transition and change your mental state and lighten up on yourself. I mean, you know, me as being a bodyguard my whole life, too, I'm always... Aware of, you know, if I open the door, if I look over here, what if this happened? What if, it, but I've right. done it so much, it's right. like automatic. Right. If somebody's walking down a sidewalk, I don't think, what if this guy attacks me? I, it's already there. It, right. If something happens. I'm, I'm ready. I yeah. attempt to be ready, you know? Yeah.
0: You already played those scenarios out ahead of time, is what With you're that, saying. You've already played out those scenarios ahead yes, of time.
1: All of them. You know, it's like, I, what if this, what if I'm in the elevator, this guy attacks me, this three right. guy, what if I'm walking down the hall? I, you know, I've done that thousands of times in my head where I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, you know? it's seamless. So how do you, you know, when
0: you're transitioning back out, okay, so when you're going back, when you're going in and developing this mindset where bullets flying by, you know, you're in a, a calm, a state of calmness, is that something, and you, you mentioned that you pretty much learned that. Mostly, if I understand what you said, on the job training, correct? Yes. So when you transition back out of that, can you transition and do you, can you do it on the job training or do you, I mean, I know that they have maybe counselors that are really helping people transition from the environment that you came, just came from, but what happens with most guys? Are they, do they feel weak that
1: they need help like that or yes, how, how does that because- all work? they don't have the techniques and they don't have somebody to guide them. That's been through it before. So they have to end up just doing it on their own. You know, it's like a boat without a rudder.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, there's techniques, there's certain mental changes and, and you have to do it in a transition. You can't just do it all at once, you know, to keep that certain mental state. And, you know, it's just, still have to be, very cool. The the collecting factor is being very cool, calm, and confident. Whether bullets are flying, whether it's very calm, you're on vacation, laying on a beach, yeah. you know, but you're still aware. You we're still aware. Three hundred sixty degrees. What's happening? You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I understand that. And again, that's repetition is the mother of skill. All these things right. that that come out, you know, is exactly what you're talking about because it yeah. does become automatic. You know, but um, anyway. Uh, well, listen, I, I, I've, um, I think that we've covered quite a bit here today. Yes. Uh, if there's uh, something else that you'd like to finish with besides your uh, finishing with your Corvette, uh, what, <laughs> what, kind of, um, you, what, what kind of, you're uh, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's coming out that is now transitioning? Is there something, I think in my mind, I think one of the best things that could happen, because years ago I was thinking about actually working with people that came out of the military that were were right. struggling with, um, with transitioning. And I thought that one of the things that might help them would be to develop a habit like working out, you know, develop something yeah. that you're doing X amount of days a week, put them on something where they have regimen. Do you think that's something that would be some
1: good advice? What would you say? Yeah, exactly. But anything you know, it's not just the extra, but it's the mental state you keep yourself in 24-7, you know, and to practice that mental state. I mean, to give you an example, like uh, Halloween, for years, I would go to, you know, these uh, these scary houses where they jump out and the people, yeah. you know, it's it's not real, right? Right. But, I mean, most people freak out and everything. I used to go by myself and anytime a guy would jump out or this, that, or, you know, try to scare you, I'd, I'd try to have my feeling go in, like I'm ready for attack and it wouldn't disturb my mind. Like, oh, this, yeah, way, this right. way, like you're shocked. Right. So I, I would practice that, that mentality. So it doesn't go to a shock and overreact. And it goes, when a, a guy jumps out, my feeling goes in, even though i uh, in a real situation, I would I would punch or uh, right. attack him, but it wouldn't disturb my mind, you know. So that's on a bigger scale. taking life that way, yeah. all of life, you know. It's Those counter. People it's, overreact it's, yeah. everything.
0: It's counterintuitive, and that's the thing. You know, that's a this thing is yes. similar about. Like for example, I work with a gal on weight loss, and in the first two weeks, I told her, I said, "Look, the only thing I want from you is to not question me in the first two weeks." Now, one thing that I'm going to do to you, I want you to question me. That's part of, yeah. you know, part of the the drill, so to speak. Because what I'm going to do in the first two weeks is so counterintuitive that you would normally fight that that yeah. process. You would do exactly the opposite. Kind of like what you're saying. The natural response in a haunted house would be to back up because you're you're scared. Yeah. So it's, it's counterintuitive to do the opposite of that, and that takes exactly that and takes a lot of. Not only does it take, I think, a lot of discipline, but I think it takes a lot of belief to really just say, because I, like I told her, I said, if you can't do that in those first two weeks, I'm not going to work with you because you're not going to be happy with your progress. Because, yeah, gonna, you're, you're gonna, right. I subconsciously mean, consciously,
1: you're going to fight that. That human nature is so powerful, so yeah. strong, that fight or flight, everything. Right. You know, you have to fight all that stuff that the way a person's experienced everything in life. Yeah. I mean it could be a whole below the ocean iceberg, you know, that you gotta recondition and retrain.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh it it can be a huge job. I mean that's why karate martial arts we have our our basic sayings you face yourself. Yeah, exactly. Face our weaknesses, insecurities, fears, hang ups, mental blocks.
0: Exactly. That because at the end of the day it's you against you. Yes. At the end of the day.
1: Every day. Every day something. You know, and it's like a doctor pra- practicing medicine. I mean, it's something you have to do and keep constant. Even Masafuna Funakoshi, who, who invented uh, Japanese karate, Shotokar karate, crisis, you have to, like you do with working out or everything, It's you have to keep doing it to keep it warm. Yeah, exactly. You know, your, your technique to keep it warm and attuned.
0: No matter, no matter how many books you read, although it's I like reading books because it gives you another perspective. No matter how uh, many partners, training partners that you have, it's you at the end of the day against you. And yeah. that's that's really hard to accept for most people because what that does at the end of the day, it doesn't let me or let myself off the hook. Because yes. so many times I know in, in, uh, with people that when we're, they have partners or exercise uh, partners, when they go in the minute that partner's gone, they're gone. Yes. You know, and ultimately it's like, doesn't matter if they're there or not, it's you against you, but that's, it's too hard for most people because they need for whatever reason, sabotage reasons, yes. they need somebody to blame. Well, I couldn't do it because they weren't there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, I think it's in every part of the, every wor- realm of our life. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's an exercise or you transitioning from the military, there's something similar about what we're talking about. And exactly. i tell you what, I am so lucky. I am so lucky that I, uh, became an athlete, but especially as a bodybuilder, because that taught yeah. me no matter what I was thinking about the other day, I had these damn strokes 10 years ago and even when i had my strokes i was in when i was in a hospital i was still working there was nothing that was going to change what was going on i was jacked up but my mind was still clear yeah and it's it was just that mindset of never yes. never caving never giving in and i'm so lucky that i got that training because it's it's it paid is. off it's paid off in my 67 years but you
1: know Leo the other part about that it's the way you took it i'm sure Thousands of, I know, martial, martial artists, UFC guys, and bodybuilders. If they didn't take it that way and make yourself personally responsible and face yourself, they, they won't get it either. You no, know, that's no, sure, sure what will. you did with it. Yeah, that's is a good the point. most important thing.
0: That's a good point. And we're going to leave it right there because that's a life lesson.
1: Yeah. And
0: I tell you what, buddy, I. I, I'm really lucky and thankful that you and I um, connected t- so many years ago. You know, uh, I've learned a lot from you because you're you you you're worldly, you're smart, and you're, you, your common sense is off the charts, and I appreciate that.
1: Uh, thank you very much. You know, in March, we have a saying like a, uh, a coward dies many deaths, but a warrior dies one.
0: Yeah, Exactly. You know? And I'll go to war with you anytime, pal. Oh, okay. All right. Listen, uh, don't do something stupid, you know, and try to go like 100 miles an hour in reverse on the freeway just because you can in your <laughs> Corvette. Don't do that shit. Oh, uh, okay. I'll, you know, I'll unless, you're, uh, unless you've got like 30 seconds to live, then go for it. But otherwise, I want to see you around for quite some time. Yeah,
1: likewise. All right, me man. Too. Well, thank okay, you for, buddy.
0: Thank you for coming me on
1: the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's an All honor and right. enjoy always.
0: Thank you, sir. Take care. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Bye-bye.